From Double J, it's the Take 5 podcast. The people you love, play the songs they love and tell you why. Welcome back. I'm Zan Rowe and every week I invite someone great in to pick five songs around a particular theme. Music soundtracks our life and often triggers memories and moments that change the course of our lives for the better. Angel Olsen has been making music for years. As a collaborator, she played with Will Oldham back in the day and then released her own music back in 2010 on cassette. But it was her 2016 record, My Woman, that made the world sit up and take notice. Acclaimed all over, it marked the arrival of an incredibly powerful songwriter. And when we saw Angel Olsen live, we fell in love even more. Her life since has been one of travel, touring all over the world to play her songs. So I asked Angel Olsen to share songs that keep her grounded, music that anchors her or reminds her of home. Over the next little while, you'll discover she has a love of the obscure and a real curiosity for singular sounds. Since her breakthrough album, she's also put out Phases, a compilation of demos, unheard tracks and songs she recorded solo. I was intending to go on this solo tour and I knew that I wanted to revisit a lot of older demos and older recordings. Um, And at this level, at this point, you know, a lot of artists just keep trying to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think I just wanted to take a moment and pause and remember the different styles that led me to my woman and, and also be a little bit more nostalgic about the process up to that point. I think it's always interesting to share the process of things. Whenever I find something that's really crisp and sounds really good, it's also interesting to go to their earlier work or go to an artist's um, uh, early demos when before they added drums or anything to a song to see how raw it was in the very beginning. And so I, I sort of wanted to show my audience that process or that rawness, I guess. A potted history of Angel Olsen. <laughs> the first choice that we have is the jam. That's entertainment. What a big song to start with. I love it. Why did you choose this song? Um, it just has a sense of sarcasm in it, you know, <laughs> and I feel like being on tour and going all over the world, you are humbled by each different place and how different audiences receive you or how different certain venues are and how gross some bathrooms or showers are when you show up and you're big hot stuff you know you came out with this record that did so well and then you show up in middle of nowhere um germany or someplace and then you're like yeah i guess this is the entertainment industry i guess this is what we're doing you know and and i guess i just really related to that song um and the lyrics are great i just i just love it so do you think that having a sense of humor is really essential when you're working in music definitely yeah (laughs) i think it's useful for everything that you do, you know, but especially when it's required of you to be cheerful. Solid 
This next song is He Dines Out on Death by Christina. How could she do it? There's nothing to it. A fistful of pills in a foreign hotel. She left on ago I used to be on tour with Will Oldham. And we did some uh, like Mekons cover band stuff and some Dagmar Krauss, uh, Kevin Coyne stuff. We had a cover band called Babblers that was sort of covering Kevin Coyne and Dagmar Krauss's um, album Babel. And I, I don't know why he sent it to me, but I, I feel like there's something about Christina's voice on this track that really reminds me of Dagmar Kraus. How could she do it? Let's help him live through it. Say the New York hostesses, it takes it so well. Just the, that kind of style of recording. Yeah. And I love how um, dark it is and how, like, it just it's so dark it makes you laugh, you know. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Do you have a very like black sense of humor? I'm, I'm guessing you have a, a very black sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just the way she says it is just like it just makes me laugh. I don't know. Like she's it sounds like she's really really hungover when she's singing the song. <laughs> and so I can really relate to that on a lot of days on tour. <laughs> You were just telling me off air that you've been very well behaved when you're solo, you're reading books and getting oh, shit done. Well, I wasn't very well behaved at Hobart. I got a little tanked at Hobart <laughs> because they, they take you, they wine and dine you there, especially if you're solo. They took me down into this new part of um, the museum and it looks like a spaceship. It's incredible. But you have no sense of time or, or space because you're just, it's very labyrinthine and it leads you to this five-star restaurant. And then everyone's like, let me buy you this type of gin. And so I, um, I tried a lot of different types of gin that night. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to be helpful and take all the stuff out of the cab at the hotel. And I think I might have scraped up the, the back of the... Um, but the cab driver was yelling at me about it. And I don't remember. I just kind of looked at him and was like, it's fine. <laughs> you know? But I don't remember exactly how or why I felt like I needed to get everything out. I love that you're getting so, loose on tour. Yeah, even when I'm solo, I get a little loose. <laughs> 
Just um, drinking alone in the bowels of Mona. <laughs> the Angel Olsen story. <laughs> it is like adult what? Disneyland there, though, isn't it? You sort of lose you lose sense of time and space. Well, and if three people are like, try this gin in this beautiful space. You don't want to be like, rude. And it's a spaceship. You're like, of course I'm going to try that gin. Um, but not every night. I can't do it every night. I know that, you know, for many years you've been a songwriter way before My Woman came out. You were releasing records on cassette uh, all the way back to 2010. But it's not the only thing that you ever wanted to do, was it? I mean, you've sort of been interested in doing a whole bunch of different creative things through your life. Yeah, I mean, I think initially I wanted to go into film because I, well, and I, I guess I did by default making my own music videos, but I think I really, there's something about film and music that are both about timing and and um, both are very manipulative in a, in a good way, in a good sense, like can be really nostalgic and moving. And, and I think that's what I initially wanted to do. But music, I get to do kind of all those things. I can be the writer, the performer, the actor, mm. you know, I, and direct what I want on stage to happen. And so I can kind of do all of those things by playing music. In terms of both of those realms, both making songs and then <clears> making <throat> video clips for those songs, they're both short form storytelling. You know, you're trying to tell a story, except for the case for the seven yeah. minute songs, but you know, you're trying to tell a story in a small space of time. Do you sort of thrive on that? Do you see it as a challenge in terms of your writing? It's more a challenge to do long form writing. I've been, mm. it wasn't really a resolution. I don't really make resolutions, but um, this year I started journaling because I just felt like there's been so much change in my life, especially recently, turning 31, you know, Saturn returns. I don't know if you believe in that or if people on the air believe it. Isn't that like but, when you're 28, though? Or does it just carry for years? Oh, for me, it was 27, and then there was 29, and then, you know, 30. <laughs> it's I, a time. It's a time. So I just felt the need to focus more on long, long-form long writing. And um, I think there was always a part of me that was afraid to to try to do that, thinking I should be spending energy on something I'm already good at, which is doing something concise and short and putting energy into songs. But now I'm seeing that it will only help my songs if I continue to do long form writing. Do you lift the stories and the thoughts from those journal sessions and take them to to form them into songs or do you keep it really separate? Well, the way that I write journaling it's it's never like an entire day it's like what happened and like what I think is a notable story in a day and it's always a little bit exaggerated or puffed up you know so a song to me has always been a version of something that's happened but more exaggerated do you ever have that thing when you're journaling where you're writing about as you say something that happened that day and you think to yourself when I open this when I'm 80, I want to entertain myself. Yeah. I want to remember my life with rose-colored glasses. Yeah, and some people are very much of the opinion that you should just free flow. But I never want to open a brand new, fresh-smelling notebook and see something that was lazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I am ed- editing it as I go and, and sort of trying to make sure I say something the way that I want to say it so that when I look back on it, it is entertaining, for me at least. You know? High standards, even for your personal journal. I well, love it. Because I'm going to forget half of these things anyway. Yeah. You know? Again, with age comes memory <laughs> loss. We're going to go next to a song called Video Life. Chris Spedding is the artist. Again, someone new for me. Um, tell me about who Chris is and, and why he chose this song. How do I begin with him? I don't know a, a ton about him. I, he started off as a guitarist and then like almost like surfer, rock and roll, guitar music. Like and then, 60s? Yeah. And mm. he's gone. He's one of these people that... 
he's tried every style of guitar and playing and singing, and you can really tell he's he's playing around with different themes, which I like. But this specific track is the one that it really blows you away. I think um, his his voice on this track and the way it was done is just also this record um, guitar graffiti. The guitars on this record are incredible. It's just like panned super, super loud and on both sides, like real wide sounding, dry fuzz guitar. And it's incredible. But this but this particular song is really fun to dance to. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I spent this summer walking around Lisbon, just kind of listening to it and running up and down hills and sweating and at the time, it was really, really hot, and there aren't any air conditioners in Lisbon. So it was like, I mean, there are, but not where I was staying. So <laughs> so it's just like, you've got all the windows open, and you're just nude because there's just no point in wearing clothes. It's so hot, you know? Sorry, I'm telling everyone this, but... You're painting a picture. Yeah. We're taking uh, <laughs> all of us to Angel Olsen <laughs> lying butt naked in Lisbon. <laughs> This next song is House of Love called The Hill. I started listening to House of Love, um, Love in a Car, that was the record, and then I found the German album and found this woman singing on this track, and I've just been putting it on playlists for years. Every time I go on tour, it's like, oh, I have to put The Hill on the playlist. It's like if you're, yeah, if you're a DJ and there's something you always go to, and it's, it doesn't matter how many times you go to it, it's just always good. Like, The Velvet Underground is always good. Or television, anything, anything like that. It's like, oh, it's never a bad, a bad choice. Leave us. 
And it's also the first time I heard a girl singing in that band. So it was it's kind of like grungy and kind of angsty and also full of energy. I don't I don't know. Yeah, it does feel like a 90s track and we were talking about it earlier. It kind of feels like you could hear it in Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something, <laughs> you know? Sign me up. Yeah. Do you try to create a mood with these sort of playlists that you're putting on when you're getting ready to play a show and you're thinking about, you know, there's a Spotify playlist or whatever you're putting on the, the, the house stereo in the, in the club or the bar that you're playing in? Yeah, because, you know, I feel like a lot of people would assume that if I'm playing these solo shows, I'd want to put on like Cat Power and Mazzy Star, but you don't want to uh, ruin the show, you know? <laughs> you want it to be a contrast you want the contrast to be a little bit different, so that's that not by a the diss, time, by the way, so no, I'm. It's not a diss. No, it's it's more just like, well, you know, it's more saying like, oh, you put on people who are way better than me at what I'm doing, and oh, then come on. now I have to perform, <laughs> but this is already recorded. So, you know, the point of it is to just kind of play something that's really different that has energy, something that I think about that maybe I don't. I've curated, and maybe I listen to this kind of music, but um, it doesn't mean I make it. But I don't think um, people would want to show up at a show and hear really slow, meditative music. And, you know, by the time the performer plays, it's like they're just tired and they don't know why. They're so exhausted. <laughs> it's because you've been listening to, like, you know, song, songs that sound like people are in quaaludes. So. <laughs> you want it to be up vibe, basically. Yeah. Do you but think about that? By the like, way, I love Mazzy Star and Cat I know. Power. That's, that's why I qualified it because I knew it was not what a I diss. meant. It was more like a diss to myself. <laughs> I know, and I got that, and I totally disagree <laughs> with it, but we'll leave it at that. It's damned if you don't, it's damned if you do. Be true, because I love you up For me, if I were going to show, I'd want to hear stuff that sounded a little obscure or something new that, that's. Not just uh, what's been playing at the moment, you know. I, I love listening to older music, though. That's my, that's my thing. Uh, we're going to finish with a big song, a big, wonderful song um, from the 80s, going back to the earlier part of that decade, and a huge hit for the Psychedelic Furs, Love My Way. What an end. How does this keep you grounded? Well, this is less about staying grounded and more just um, a song that themes this year or I guess the last year, the last this last summer. And also I listened to this song, or it was featured in um, Call Me By Your Name, which mm. I feel should have won a lot of awards, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's just my opinion. But it was the kind of film that it was slow moving and it took forever. And there was some stuff in it that I didn't feel was necessary, but I just kept thinking about it. And instead of, you know, I thought about Sufjan Stevens, of course. But for me, the song of the movie was this song for some reason. It, it, just, it just had all this energy and it was just a happier moment in the, in the film. And so also just if you've seen the film... It makes you want to go to Italy in the summer. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> so there's that. So I'm attaching Italy in the summer and beautiful Greek statues with the psychedelic furs. And what's better than that? I don't know.
The warm cinematic tones of Psychedelic Furs and Love My Way. Winding out Angel Olsen's Take 5 with the songs that keep her grounded. What an actual living angel. I loved sharing stories about music and life with Angel Olsen. And if you did too, throw us a review on iTunes. It's always wonderful to read your feedback about this and any of the other Take 5s. And it helps other people find us too. I'll catch you next time. This is Sarah Blasco. Hi, this is Rachel from Slow Dive. Hi, this is Beck, and I'm taking five with Zam. Thank you, Zam. The Take Five Podcast. The people you love play five songs they love and tell you why.